Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Trader, a Traitor's Podcast. My name is Matthew. I'm a writer working in TV development, and I am a 100% faithful fan of the multi-award winning hit TV competition series, Traitors. This podcast features deep dives into every episode of the show, as well as interviews with contestants. And this is season seven of the podcast dedicated to series two of The Traitors UK. If you're looking for The Traitors US coverage, that's running concurrently. So once you finish listening to this episode, obviously, have a look at the episodes before or after to find it. On every edition of The Trader, I'll be joined by a special co-host who'll help me break down an episode of the show, hopefully have some laughs, and maybe even betray me. And my co-host today is the same co-host covering every third episode with me, because he's a big believer in numerology, and he insisted. <laughs> it's David Bloomberg! <laughs> David, the numerologist fan. Well, there's your lie. I've spotted your lie already. It's It's been such a long time, a whole 15 minutes or so. Yes. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I have uh, rested uh, in those 15 minutes and ready to go. Yes. Uh, so, but yes, I, uh, you know, for those who uh, might somehow not know who I am on this podcast. Uh, I am a traitorous fan of the traitors. You're a faithful fan. I'm a traitorous <laughs> fan. And I, of course, did my full uh, intro in episode three. But the, the much shorter one is I've been covering reality TV for 23 years online in newspaper columns on my own reality TV websites, on podcasts, on TikTok, YouTube and Instagram, and also on Twitter and similar platforms. So there that is. That is my background right there. And, you know, basically what I do currently. Yes. Perfect. Uh, sometimes we have a TT news segment. Don't really have one today. My, my only piece of news what, that I considered was that Aaron from Series 1 of Traitors UK 
recently appeared on the TV reality show um, First Dates. So he's mm. he's looking to date on TV. Well done, Aaron. Uh, I'm going to go straight ahead and we are diving into our game of deception. Let's set up the Trader Traitor. David and I's mission from here on in is to tell a lie to one another. Our lie has to be a fabrication or a made-up fact, big or small, about the traitors, about ourselves, or something else. For example, I could lie and tell David that Claudia Winkleman has quit her presenting role on the traitors and will not be returning to the show, which bloody better not be a lie. However, I... There's no way you could get away with that lie because you'd be crying. I would see the tears (laughs) coming down your face. Exactly. And I couldn't lie and say I thought Claudia was a terrible host because that would be a fake opinion and obviously the worst lie ever because David Mm -hmm. would go, it wasn't true. So we are looking for fake facts rather than fake thoughts and feelings. At the end of the episode, we each have to put our traitor hunting skills to the test and decide what we thought the other person's lie was. I <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this, David, because you always beat me. <laughs> <laughs> one time, one time, it's... Well, I actually, I take that back. On our most... I kind of... It didn't really get me on the last go-round, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I still, I never... I don't know if I've ever got your lie. I truly don't <laughs> think I have ever got it. But... <laughs> You know, one time. There's the, just statistically, one time I will pick a thing you said and it will happen <laughs> to be the lie, not through any skill of my own. Uh, so if you're ready to to win again, our game <laughs> begins now. And we're ready to dive into episode nine of the Traitors UK series two. <laughs> So uh, since I only get to be on every third podcast, uh, you know, can I uh, tell you what I'm thinking as we come into this episode from the past couple? Yes, yes. So coming in, my thoughts have honestly been mostly addressed on the show already. Uh, You and your co-hosts have done a good job of doing that. But for example, I said last week it was a terrible move by Paul to put himself in the dungeon. And yes, it finally came back to haunt him as Zach and others kept bringing it up until Harry went through it move by move. And I know you discussed the possibility that someone could realize just how detailed Harry was in that. And I was thinking the same thing, but at least they didn't catch it right away. So that'll be interesting uh, to see. Now, I also said in the U.S. recap with the poison chalice twist uh, that the host could reveal the poison part. And I I feel like if we as podcasters could see that coming, then the traders should have foreseen the same thing and been less obvious about what, well, Miles was doing. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, also remember at the end of our U.S. episode three discussion, I said that the murdered player could help solve their own murder. (laughs) And Diane was like a guest star in a murder mystery show, <laughs> uh, figuring out who killed her. You know, she came to the detective. Uh, this was even the example I used. I said, she came to the detective, said, I need you to solve a murder. And the, the detective says, who? And, Me. I will be dead in X number of hours. We need to figure out who did it. And, you know, she did an excellent job 
uh, of of doing that, especially as compared to someone else who you know may have been in a similar situation on another version of the show that we <laughs> just discussed. Um, now, one other thought I had when they recruited Andrew was that bringing in Ross would be hilarious because of the whole Diane situation. And it didn't happen then, but maybe we'll, uh, well, maybe we'll get to that. We'll see how things turn out mm-hmm. on this episode. Who knows what's going to happen? Oh, wait, we do. So <laughs> we, we start episode nine then with uh, just yeah, a reminder of what's been going on. We know that Andrew's recently been recruited Molly won the shield in the most uh, recent mission, which left Charlie very disappointed. And I made a point about this last week that I will come back to very soon. Harry hears that Paul had been talking about him to others and goes in for the kill at the round table, effectively resulting in Paul's banishment. So it was a big one, a big episode for the series, lots of talk online, big viewing figures. I really enjoyed it. As, if you listen to the last episode of the podcast, you could probably tell how much I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I screamed and clapped a lot. So <laughs> we start this episode properly in Traitor's Tower. We're still there. And I I think there's, I guess you maybe kind of referenced this a moment ago. I think there's a narrative being built around Harry being the hero who banished Paul. And, uh, well, I mean, our narrative within the house. They they are all congratulating Harry. But I'm going to say something maybe uh, controversial. Harry didn't really banish Paul alone. Like, I don't think he's really the hero that everyone claims he is. It was actually at the round table. Well, first of all, Jazz was already onto Paul, Mm -hmm. as was Zach. And actually at the round table, it was Charlotte who spoke first and, and... sort of implicated Paul. And Harry just jumped in at the right moment. He he it was very clever of him. He still did a good job. Right. He he just seized the moment. I think if other people like Charlotte hadn't started it, Harry wouldn't have said anything. So yeah, he he, he appeared with all this miraculous evidence that of course mm-hmm. he has because he's a traitor, but he didn't single-handedly take down Paul. And that, that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, I do think he would have said something, found a way to bring it up. And also, I think he knew people were likely going to bring up Paul. It just so happened Charlotte did it right away. So he immediately had the opportunity to go in instead of having to wait. Yeah, I I think he was just too detailed in his takedown. Like, well, it seems to me that you took a deep breath and then walked three paces <laughs> and then said to your fellow traders, this is what we're going to do. And then put yourself in the dungeon, assuming that and that you would be saved because you would have known that someone was going to be saved. Like, how does he know? You know, he's making assumptions about production. Like, production would have told you this. And it's like, if I'm a faithful, I'm like, would they? Would yeah. production have? How do you know what production tells the traders exactly? Yeah. And I feel like it's out of character for Harry, actually, in terms of the character he's portraying to the other players. Mm-hmm. Up until now, he's been the sort of, not gullible, but quite childlike and young mm-hmm. and and quite nervous looking, actually, at Roundtable. Like, he doesn't he didn't really know, but he's mm-hmm. quite pol- actually quite polite. And he says to people, I'm going to go for you, and I've already told you I'm going for you. So for him to suddenly have this list of evidence, I thought, 
you've not really spoken like this before at the round table. Is is no one noticing that that's strange? So uh yeah, that's 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 what I think about Harry anyway. Yeah. We get a, a very brief um yeah, Traitor's Tower recap right at the start. Andrew's nervous about uh, murder and because <laughs> it's his first time having to pick someone. Harry's completely used to it by now. Yes. And then we move to breakfast. So we we get some lovely shots of the breakfast as we do every episode. <laughs> I do wonder if the breakfast was better this time because on Uncloaked, we had, I think the first episode of Uncloaked, we had Tom slating the breakfast from like season one and... Uh, Amanda and Hannah from season one were also on a breakfast show in the UK this week on uh, this morning it's called and they were being actually Maddie was there as well and they also made a joke about stale croissants at breakfast Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just a sort of open joke that everybody thinks the breakfast is rotten Um, so yes I wondered if maybe they've made it a little bit nicer this time who knows it looks very nice so Charlotte. It was all it was all wax food. That was yeah. not the real food, you know. <laughs> so Charlotte uh, arrives and she reflects on Paul's banishment. She's saying she was very close to him, which is what her made her think that he could be a traitor. Mm-hmm. Her new recruitment theory is that Jasmine has been recruited, and she she makes this point that that becomes a huge talking point throughout the episode that Jasmine switched at the round table from jazz to Paul too quickly. She had been saying all day she was mm-hmm. going for jazz. Round table comes, she votes for Paul. Charlotte thinks this is suspicious and therefore thinks Jasmine is a recruit and was debating whether or not to save Paul. Yeah, Paul- so if I can jump in on that, yeah. this bothered me the whole time because we have talked before multiple times that the best strategy in almost all cases in the round table is to vote for someone who it looks like is the main target. Yeah. And I don't remember the exact details, but I don't feel like jazz was a main target at that round table. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was Paul and I can't even remember who else the other person was because Paul just kind of takes up the whole room. Um, (laughs) But so, yeah, I could absolutely see someone changing their vote at that moment to say, well, I don't want to waste this vote. Let's go ahead and do it. So if anything, I think what Jasmine didn't do a good job of, which we'll get to as the episode goes on, is explaining herself. But I don't think it's suspicious at all that someone would change their vote at the roundtable, because that's kind of the point of the roundtable. I've I've talked about this before on Survivor. You have tribal councils and almost everything is set before you get there. Rare is there a situation where it suddenly changes um, on the traders? A lot is hashed out at the round table. Yeah. And so votes can definitely change there. Yeah. The only thing I wonder is if players like Charlotte don't realize that. So players like Charlotte do sort of go with, their genuine feelings mm-hmm. and so if jasmine explained well look i was going with the majority someone like charlotte might say oh that's terrible yes. that means you're a traitor and and read it completely the wrong way yeah uh, i'm not sure molly at breakfast mentions um harry being a traitor hunter she gives him this title he then walks in and 
Molly does notice very briefly that it's strange, but I don't think she really considered it for more than three seconds. She she moves on very quickly, mm-hmm. and we discover throughout the episode they're very close. Ross is mortified that Paul had hoodwinked him. He still can't believe it. He was convinced Paul was a faithful. For approximately the thousandth time in this <laughs> series, Ross says, I think the target's on my back now. He has said this every morning <laughs> or every night. <laughs> You're not the target, Ross. Stop it. Uh, I actually think he's got some sort of like persecution problem. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe so we should feel... blame Diane for that, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. I mean, maybe I should feel really sorry for him. Uh, Ross is now totally flipped on jazz. That uh, he had. Uh, yeah. He, he, I mean, mm-hmm. Ross is just generally, I think, not always wrong because he has voted for Tracers a couple of times, but I think he's wrong most of the time, like yeah. his mum. So <laughs> they, they all start to theorise about Jazz being the possible recruit. And the last three people to arrive are Jazz, Zach and Charlie. Um, Someone, well... Who would have arrived. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, that's... Yes, I'm, I'm reading my notes wrong. Uh, yeah. they, they should be the last to arrive. Yes. Uh, someone hammers the door again, as they like to do. They must mm-hmm. be... To- act- production must be telling them, hey, bang the door really loudly, it'll be fun. <laughs> like, it's not or they just, think, they just think it will be. They're like, oh, this will <laughs> be fun. You know, it's like, yes, it's the... 80th time that this has been done you know you're you're being very original about it yeah so in walk zach and jazz which means that charlie has gone and this is where i'll go back to something i I referenced Mm -hmm. earlier that i I called this i called it an episode eight i thought the editing of episode eight made it blatantly obvious charlie was going to be murdered because of the 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 whole shield yeah the, the editing in the mission where it was either Charlie or Molly were going to be mm-hmm. getting the shield. And they just made such a big deal of Charlie being gutted that she didn't get the shield. And I just thought they, they don't really give it this much attention in any other mission. Why are they, why do I care that Charlie didn't get mm-hmm. the shield today? So I, and then at the end of the episode, when she was up for possible murder, I, I just thought, okay, she she's going and they've built as a little storyline here. We, then get a flashback to Traitor's Tower to see Harry and Sylvester Stallone, aka Andrew. Harry, <laughs> I say that because, well, Harry, if you've seen my recent uh, little video online, you'll know what I'm talking about. I got very angry. <laughs> Harry thinks that murdering Charlie will implicate Charlotte because they had kind of had a back and forth at round table. And Andrew says something truly inaudible. I, I, I I just don't. Some he says the word Charlotte. I think that's yeah. that's all I heard. Some people, um, uh, <laughs> just this. Maybe I should. I'm going to say this. Some people online have said that my episode seven guest had like a really thick accent. Yeah, uh, that was Joe. And I thought, um, if the BBC are putting Andrew on prime time TV and four million people are watching it, I. I think Joe with the Scouse accent is all good on my podcast. So not to mention on UK Survivor, the uh, Lee, uh, our, yeah, our friend Lee, who you never did get to understand, you know, <laughs> I'm British and I can't understand people from Ireland and Wales. Like, so anyway, <laughs> poor Charlie, uh, we see her getting her envelope or I should say envelope because I'm speaking to an American. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 
And I, I felt really bad for her, actually. She got a bit upset. I guess it must be t- the further you get in the game, it's it's tougher to get close to the end and then yeah. turn it off. I, I felt even more bad for her because we just didn't get to see much of her. Yeah. You know, I mean, she made it all this way and it was still a large part of it was, who's Charlie? I think I even said last podcast, like I was surprised to find out there was someone named Charlie on this, <laughs> on this yeah. show. I, I think the same is true. And I know there's lots of people making jokes mm-hmm. online like, oh, Charlie and Evie look like the same person. But I really think Evie and, and Molly for me have had the the least amount of screen time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's weird I, because they've made it all the way to episode nine. Yeah. But I mean, some people I mean, when you have over 20 people, some are just going to, you know, get the short end of the stick when it comes to TV time. And, uh, you know, Molly. I had no recollection of her whatsoever. I even had uh, messaged you at one point. Uh, was it was it last week or early this week? And and said, is there someone named Bonnie on the show? Because I'd swear Claudia just said Bonnie. And then I realized afterwards that it was Molly. And I was still shocked that there was someone named Molly on the show. Yeah, I even called her Millie on the podcast a couple of times because I couldn't remember her name. Yeah, this episode is like Molly's coming out party. You know, we finally actually get to see her. Yeah. I guess that in terms of editing and who gets screen time, it doesn't, it's not necessarily about who's going to be in the game the longest. It's about who's sort of done things that you as a producer or an editor can build a storyline out of. So if you've been just quite quiet and nice and gone with everyone, that's not that interesting to watch. So we cut back to breakfast then. Molly and Charlotte are gutted that Charlie's gone. Charlotte describes Charlie as her bestie, which was, was news to me and apparently mm-hmm. to some of the other players. Yeah. Molly begins to say something here, which made me think, oh, this is really clever. Is she onto something? I, I think she's talking to Harry and she says, why wouldn't the traitors pick you? Yes. And then proceeds to completely miss the obvious. Yeah, and- yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was She was so close and then she took the bait and brought up Charlotte instead. Yeah. And we even cut to her in our interview rambling about how amazing Harry is at catching traitors. And yes, mm-hmm. wow, it's so weird he didn't get murdered. And then, like you said, yeah. back to breakfast, she's talking to Harry and goes, you know, I think it might be Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, it's no, like squirrel. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I At this point, again, I, I could lie and I could say, oh, I, I, I I could make this up, but in my notes mm-hmm. at this point, I called it now. I thought round table tonight is down to Jasmine or Charlotte. I think generally the breakfast segment of the episode sets up who are the main suspects for today's episode. So I, I thought they were they were already planting these mm-hmm. were the two people that it was probably going to be between. Claudia then enters in the most epic sweater I have seen yet. It, <laughs> The sweater alone needs its own portrait on the wall. It needs its own spin-off show. It's like this massive, chunky, knitted thing. I mean, it's it's amazing. I love it. She tells them <laughs> a little bit about the mission and asks, does anybody fancy coming to have a look at my holiday rental? And she says something about, make sure you eat a lot. Which actually, in retrospect, I don't know why that, I don't think that actually was a clue, eating a lot. Did she just mean because there was like rotten food later and they would all feel sick or something? I don't know. She, yeah, she, that I, I I thought about it at the time and then I forgot about it. And so, yeah, I don't know what she was 
Yeah, I yeah. think maybe it's not like just... the mission went on for five hours or something like that. Yeah, so maybe it was just uh, get your energy up because you'll be crawling yeah. about, or I don't know, who knows. Mm. So we see some discussions around the house after breakfast. There's a discussion in the kitchen about how many traitors are actually left because, of course, they don't really know. Right. Jazz thinks there are two, and he says he's got evidence, uh, elusive yes. evidence. And he says to Molly, and actually what, again, turns out to be quite significant, he says, I'll, I'll have a chat with you later about this. Cut to his interview where he says what he has said before, that he doesn't trust anyone on this show. Mm-hmm. Which... Uh, the moment he said that, I thought, yes, you're right. Don't trust anyone. But within seconds, we then see him having a secret chat with Evie and Zach and like revealing quite a lot. And I thought, hey, I thought you didn't trust anyone. So he he talks to them about two main things. A, his Ross theory that, that Ross is a recruit, which mm-hmm. we know is completely wrong at this point. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> B, his Harry theory. Yes. He brings up this conversation with Paul from a few episodes back. Basically, uh, Jazz spoke to Harry, said, I think Paul's a traitor. If I murdered soon, it's because it's Paul. And Harry then told Paul that. And then Paul told Jazz, hey, guess what Harry told me? We we cut to Zach in an interview just laughing it off. He's like, oh, Jazz and his theories. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it's, so- like it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, there are so many things about this whole interaction, because first, you know, Jazz saying out loud, I have evidence I want to share, but only with certain people. You're, I mean, you're it's a strange thing to do in a in a social strategy game. You're literally saying, I don't trust you enough to tell you what I think. Yeah. And so so there's that. And then it was smart of him to pick up on the. Paul to Harry or Harry to Paul uh, uh, train there. And it would suck for Harry if Paul making that mistake of telling Jazz ended up coming back on him. But it could definitely happen. But then Zach literally voted Mr. Conspiracy Theory. says that Jazz is crazy and clutching at straws for this when it's right that's just the icing on the cake there. Yeah. And Evie is the same. She also is, just doesn't buy it. Uh, and it's it's so frustrating to watch. But again, with, with all things in the show, it's very easy to say that, I guess, as a viewer. Because mm-hmm. everyone, you know, we see this tiny segment of their day. Probably the entire time they're together, they are all throwing out right. hundreds of theories. And most of them are absolute nonsense. <laughs> We cut to another room in the house. Charlotte is talking about Jasmine, who then eavesdrops at the door. And yes. I, this is one of my favorite things in the traitors, people eavesdropping in the house. It's so devious. Uh, I think they should just all do it to each other all the time. Yeah, and that's the thing. <laughs> Why don't they know by now not to leave doors partway open? <laughs> yeah. Close the door. Unless you know, they're it's... told you by production, hey, hey, leave the door. I don't know. I, I'd still ignore production and be like, no, I'm closing <laughs> this door. You know, I mean, it's like hiding in the brush on Survivor, except on in a mansion, you can take steps to prevent it. And I know this isn't the U.S. series podcast, but this is, you know, going to Sandra, who is now on the U.S. series. This is one way she found out information. She literally hid in the bushes 
heard what people were saying and then turned it against them. Yeah. And, you know, that's fine in Survivor where there is, you know, bushes and trees and tall grass and all that. There's just doors here. Close them. Just, yeah. just close them. <laughs> or at least whisper. <laughs> yeah. Like, or have like, someone standing as a guard, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess that might look suspicious, but at least they wouldn't hear what you were saying. Right. So um, Charlotte, is, uh, she she's talking about Jasmine, yeah, and she's, again, she said it earlier, she thinks that Jasmine last night at Roundtable just sort of weighed up her odds at the table about whether or not a traitor or a faithful would go and then voted accordingly, which we've we talked about five minutes ago, which is absolutely fine to do, but Charlotte thinks... Oh, that means she's a traitor, and she backstabbed an, a fellow traitor, which which we know is wrong. Jasmine then enters, and there's her and Charlotte basically sort of accuse one another back and forth, and then Jasmine turns on Jazz for a little bit. There's an interesting moment here, and I I really want to get your thoughts on this, David. So, Jasmine asks Charlotte if she wants to explain her suspicions further, she's like, well, why do you think it's me? Tell, tell me more. And Charlotte says, no, well, I'm going to wait until the round table and I'll defend myself in front of everyone. And as she cuts to her interview and says, I don't want to give her my defense now because then she can plan ahead and she can prepare her own defense against my defense. I thought it was actually clever. Like I liked that, that she's like, well, I thought she's kind of saying I don't need time to formulate excuses because I can just give you an honest answer. I, I don't need time ahead to think about it. And I don't want you to carefully craft a response. Mm -hmm. Then again, being really honest at the round table doesn't always work. So maybe it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, the thought was, because I don't know if this is exactly what you said. My recollection is that Jasmine said, I'll tell you why I think you're a traitor and give yeah. you a chance to defend yourself. Uh, yeah, I think I phrased it wrong, but you're, yeah. Yeah, you're right. And so if I were Charlotte, I would have said, OK, tell me. And then she would have told her and I'll be like, OK, yeah, I will okay, respond to that in the roundtable. <laughs> thank you for that information. She made it seem like she was forced to respond in that moment, but she wasn't. She could have taken the opportunity to hear what Jasmine was going to accuse her of and then use that information both before the roundtable and in the roundtable. So I do think it was a mistake to reject hearing that information. Yeah. Um, I also think Jasmine was very smart that after she overheard exactly what Charlotte was saying about her, she came into the room, pretended not to know that and opened with, well, this is why I did what I did not making it seem like she was reacting to what Charlotte just said, yeah. even though she was clearly reacting to what Charlotte just said. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think, again, Charlotte's sort of state of mind, her headspace was, and again, it ends up not being helpful, but she mm -hmm. has convinced herself she she just needs to be honest. She does. She's a faithful. Mm -hmm. So if someone wants to accuse me at any time, anywhere, I, I can get out of it because I'm really honest and I don't need to lie about anything. But, you know, it just doesn't work that way in, in this game. 
Yeah, it's kind of like the people who defend themselves by saying, well, I know that I'm a faithful and that's all that matters. But no, that's not all that matters, actually. Yeah. Matter of fact, that doesn't matter one bit. Yeah. Or when they say at Roundtable, you know, if you vote me, I'm just going to stand up there and say I'm a mm -hmm. faithful. And they're right. But yes, also a traitor could say those exact words right now. Right, right. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't prove anything or yeah. mean anything. We move on to the mission then. It's log cabin time. We've seen this in series one. It looks like mm -hmm. it's the same place. Just a, a different task inside. A much more elaborate one, I think. Yes. A lot of digging and construction must have been involved here. It's quite impressive, actually. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Now, first, I, I thought it was funny, the, the double bluff of telling the players the cabin had been redone. <laughs> and I'm sure all of them are like about to walk in going, yeah, sure, it has Claudia. And then they walk in. And it has been redone and it's nice. And they're like, oh, wow, this is much better. And then they realize later that it kind of makes it worse because it gets their hopes up. And then they have to go through nasty tunnels and get sprayed by various disgusting things as as well. And so I, I, I enjoyed that setting the hopes, you know, higher and then lower again. Yeah. But yeah, I think production may have spent more money constructing all of these tunnels than perhaps on any other mission. Um, unless there just so happened to be a cabin with tunnels already <laughs> on the property, which seems unlikely, but you never know. Who knows? So Claudia meets them at the cabin to explain the task. Now she has this giant, chunky matching scarf and leg warmers. She looks to me like she's on the set of The Borrowers. <laughs> like that felt like she's a tiny, tiny person and she's found these enormous objects. Oh. Uh, <laughs> It's it's very funny to me. I love it. She tells them that they have £8,000 up for grabs and they have half an hour to complete the mission. But £1,000 will be deducted for every player who doesn't make it out of the house. And there will be a shield available somewhere along the way. Uh, it's basically like an escape room again with mm -hmm. a map and tunnels under the cabin. Uh, yeah, I've said it's uh, it's pretty cool. Not necessarily yeah. that I'd want to do it, but it looks mm -hmm. cool and impressive. The main mechanism in the game is the light switches. So there can only be light in either the cabin or the tunnels, not both. And someone has to control it by holding down two switches in the cabin, which Ross is sort of given the task of at first and decides just to have fun <laughs> mess with it. Yeah. Actually, at first, I think he doesn't he doesn't understand the two switches. Right. And then when he figures it out, he's just laughing and letting it go whenever he feels like. Um, I, oh, five people have to be down in the tunnels. And for some wild reason, they send down Sylvester Stallone. He's, a, he's enormous. <laughs> Why is that? I mean, he's got to go at some point, but get don't send him down first. To be fair, I believe the the most recent um, um, Sylvester Stallone movie. Oh gosh, I can't remember the name of the character. Uh, the one where he was in the uh, army. The you know where he was like a ranger or whatever. Uh, in that most recent movie, uh, he spends a lot of time crawling around in tunnels. Uh, well. Um, it it was a really terrible movie, and you know, but yes, that's you know mostly what I remember of it is him <laughs> crawling around in tunnels. I probably haven't actually watched a Sylvester Stallone film for about twenty years. So <laughs> you're better what, off. Who knows? You're better off acting in these days. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, there are bugs and water pouring in the tunnel and rotten food and in the cabin as well. It's it's chaotic to watch. I actually couldn't really follow at points yeah. how well they were doing or where they were. It was just wild. 
Um, and we're relying on sort of tiny cameras in the tunnels. So you, you can't really get a perspective of, of where <laughs> everything is. I, I, they're all just screaming. It's it's mad. I don't know what's happening, but who cares? <laughs> and there's a moment where Charlotte tries to get the shield, but she can't find it. And so just ditches it eventually until a few moments later, Harry glances in and he sees it weirdly within seconds. He spots it, grabs it. Molly sees him. Well, I think the lights were on when he was there. Ah. And I think the lights had gone off. Um, when, you, when Charlotte was in there. Right. Okay. Right. So he got, yeah, he gets lucky, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he notices that Molly notices him, sort of does a shh motion mm-hmm. to tell her to keep quiet. No one else spots it. And it, this, this could be a really big moment. And I mean, in a way, it already is a big moment in the episode, but you know moving forward i wonder like is is this is molly at some point going to use this she's going to remember this is this going right. to do something too high it could be really really significant we don't know yet it makes him I, I think in the moment it makes him look like a faithful probably the fact that he takes it mm-hmm. and because because molly just he knows he's got molly's trust she just assumes oh he's a faithful who doesn't want to get murdered um yeah yeah i i think so if he had been a faithful it would be a smart move to keep it hidden because you can protect multiple people kind of like the whole armory did last time since he's a traitor it makes it look like he's a faithful and then later we'll get to him telling other people which also has further implications yeah so towards the end of the mission the five who are in the tunnel make it out the remaining players can't escape in the dark, so Evie decides she'll stay in the cabin and keep the lights on. So they, I think they, there's no other way to do this mission. I think you kind of have to sacrifice someone unless you have amazing night vision or right, amazing right. memory. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. can really memorize the, the map, probably unlikely. So in the end, they win £5,000. Wait a minute, that means that three people must not have made it out. No, it means they didn't find the, the last goal. Oh, they didn't find all of the, right. the, the gold. Yeah, coin things. Ah, okay, I see. So Claudia then asks if the shield winner wants to admit they found it, and Harry doesn't say anything. And this plays out. We've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. It plays out differently in different missions. Sometimes Claudia just announces who's found it. Right. Maybe we've reckoned because it's so obvious that everybody's right. seen it anyway, so she might as well just ask it. I I wonder how much they just sort of play that by ear mission to mission and on the you know the team the production mm-hmm. team decide well we don't think anyone saw them so claudia you just ask so I, I guess that's what's happened here yeah harry doesn't say anything and molly in an interview again says she completely trusts him what a fool molly don't <laughs> it's just even if your your husband of 50 years is in the game with you you don't trust them <laughs> so but she's like no no 100 trust harry we move to the cars, and when one of the cars, Andrew's in the front, Molly and Harry are in the back. Andrew even asks about the shield, and Harry sort of winks at Molly, mm-hmm. and she knows and he knows, and they don't tell Andrew yet. Meanwhile, in the other car, Jazz is literally... Now, this may not have been at the exact same time, but through the magic of editing, we mm-hmm. see Jazz saying, hey, a traitor could get the shield and nick it from us. By the way, is is that a very British term to say nick something to steal it? It is, but I think it's it's enough in the uh, the American 
English that uh, you know we we know what it means pretty easily. The word I was wondering about, uh, since you bring it up, is the word silly, because oh, yeah. you said in either in one of the podcasts this week the, you the said previous one, yeah. yeah you said something someone was silly, and then you said well I don't want to call them that, and I'm like silly is a very mild thing to say by us so yeah i'm wondering does it mean stupid does it mean feeble-minded does it no it is silly i think it was zach i was talking about and mm -hmm. i think my the co-host kevin described him as silly and i said i didn't want to call him that not because it was a bad thing just because i didn't agree with it <laughs> that ah, was all okay i just find him more annoying than silly mm -hmm. <laughs> so, that that was all no it, it means what you you think it means here yeah okay Back in the house, then we are in the billiards room. Again, I, I'm just calling it that. And mm -hmm. we've got yeah. Evie, Charlotte, Jazz, and Ross. Charlotte is reminding them that actually she has voted out every one of the traitors so far. And she asks what everyone else is thinking tonight because no one is really being that vocal yet, according to her. And it reminds me of something another player has said on some series at some point that yeah. I'm sure we've talked about, and maybe it was even in Survivor, one player said, if you're not part of the plan, you are the plan. Yes. And I thought, that's interesting that Charlotte thinks no one is talking about who they're voting for tonight. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was maybe an indication that that's because it's her. <laughs> yes. And I don't know if she's... Well, actually, I think she does pick up on that because she talks about it later. Yeah. Ross and Evie then reckon that Harry would be a good traitor, but they're saying it so flippantly, they, they're not really considering it. And they do discuss how articulate he was in mm -hmm. his takedown of Paul. And Jazz even says, yeah, that was borderline psychic. Yes. And I'm wondering if, was Jazz saying that to kind of open their eyes a bit and say, hey, guys, I don't you think that was kind of funny? I think he was because then he comes up with a, you know, a, a confessional to us saying, hey, I'm playing this slow. You got to yeah. do that, which was basically the same way he played it with Paul, yeah. you know, letting it simmer rather than immediately, you know, turning it up to a boil and yeah. just let people kind of figure it out themselves slowly. So, yeah, I think jazz is over there planting more seeds. Yeah. And in this occasion it just doesn't work because as soon as he said that charlotte just immediately says nah i feel like i can trust harry right and no one else says anything beyond that well it doesn't work yet yeah yet that's true back in well not back in the kitchen we've not been to the mm -hmm. kitchen in the kitchen we've got molly harry jasmine andrew and they're having a bit of chat about the shield who found it do we mm -hmm. know did we see anything harry still doesn't admit it andrew asks didn't Charlotte see it? And again, this is a moment in the episode where I just think, I I, I know where this is going. I know yeah. what's, what's going to yeah. happen, that, that we're getting all these little references to Charlotte and these implications that people are skeptical about her. I mean, obviously Andrew's a traitor and he's not really, but mm -hmm. the fact that he's saying it may influence other people in the room. Andrew, Andrew then says a few things about jazz though at, at this moment I, I well I think that's what he said who knows what Andrew says again <laughs> I, I truly can't understand him so I have no notes here just I've just written Andrew says a few things about jazz I can't interpret it <laughs> I didn't take detailed enough notes I didn't know I'd have to be translating yeah 
there's uh, there's even a, a cut to Andrew's interview, and he says that no, he's quite enjoying being a traitor. He's getting he's getting yes. out of it, which, yes. which made me laugh. We then cut to the library, and Harry is talking to Zach and Jazz, and here he he's picking up on the vibe of the mm-hmm. house, and he says he's a girl, he's a little bit sus on Charlotte, and then he reveals that he found the shield, and I I can't figure out what his plan is, but. I think he's just trying to appear trustworthy and get close to a couple of people. I think he's trying to like build alliances by being like, hey guys, I'm going to tell you this secret. Doesn't that mean we're friends? It's not going to work with Jazz. Jazz is completely stoic right. and trusts no one. Right. What, what do you think about Harry? Taylor? Well, I mean, he, he goes through it. He explains what he's going to do. Um. So, you know, he plans to recruit make it look like he was targeted which is pretty smart um now i don't think they should recruit which is a whole other issue uh but you know unless it's to immediately sacrifice them and we'll discuss that more later but i i do want to say i i i remember i believe it was australia season two some of the faithful were suggesting that the traders could target one of their own who has a shield in order to throw everyone off yeah and this, what what he is doing here, tells me that the faithful in Australia season two who thought that were always bonkers and wrong, which is what I thought at the time, yeah. and which also describes most of the Australian to <laughs> faithful. Anyway, uh, you know, bonkers and wrong is a good a good description of both of them. <laughs> and then later to find out in interviews that a number of them had never even read the rule book. Yeah. So, you know, for them out there proclaiming, well, the traitor can just target themselves if they have a shield. No, I, I think that Harry is showing this is the way you handle it if yeah. if they have a shield. Yeah, he and but he also has I mean, that's his real plan, right? His, right. So his real plan is to fool everybody. But he he gives Zach and Jazz uh, a pretend plan, which mm-hmm. I do think is clever. He says, well, I think I'm a target. I'm a great traitor hunter. I think I'm. it's likely I'm going to get murdered tonight, but I've got this shield. Therefore, if they try and murder me, I, it won't work. And right. I'll show up at breakfast tomorrow and I'll be able to look at everybody's faces. So he's saying, I, I, I'll, I'll look at everyone's reaction and I'll see who's shocked that I'm still there. And that'll tell me who the traitor is. So I... I the only thing is, I wonder, is that too clever again for for Harry to have come up with? Like, is it so thought out that maybe Jazz would be like, "How the hell did you come up with that, Harry?" <laughs> so, um, who knows? Who knows? I mean, the thing is, Harry has been pretending to be naive but learning. And I think he even fooled Paul into that because you know we saw at the very beginning that he had ideas about being a traitor. But Paul still viewed it as, oh, the student, you know, becoming the master. And so I think Harry has fooled everyone into thinking he was very naive, but learning. Yeah. And so maybe this is part of, oh, look what I figured out now. Yeah. And Zach is completely under Harry's spell now. He's Mm -hmm. he he trusts Harry 100 percent, as I'm sure you would say. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's time for the roundtable then. And Charlotte, she's talking in voiceover as we go in. She realizes that, you know, with nine people left at this point, just three or four votes could be the end of you mm-hmm. and that actually that that technically is always the case it's just right it's just far more likely now right claudia tells them that the prize fund at this point is sixty five thousand one hundred and fifty pounds and she gives uh, uh, one of her speeches to you know really rile them up and, mm-hmm. and and convince them that they have to find a traitor this you're someone's lying you've got to get them that's what you're here for and the discussions. That's begin. what you're here for, so they can just recruit another one. And <laughs> yeah. So Zach begins, and he thinks that he says this thing which I still don't really get. He says, and I I I wound it back and watched it again. I put all the subtitles, and he says, Paul's probably recruited someone at the very least. And I thought, well, yeah, like that doesn't take any. Yeah. Of course he did. Like you. You know, you know there was a recruit, and you know that Paul was a traitor. So, like, that's I just thought that's you've not figured anything out here, Zach. Yeah. Uh, unless he meant, well, Paul was one of the traitors, and he was the commanding voice. So, I think the Mm -hmm. recruit was Paul's choice over anyone else. Maybe. Yeah. Charlotte says, "I know you all think it's me, so she is aware that people are coming for her tonight, Mm -hmm. but reminds them that." Paul got into arguments with everyone who voted for him. So we should look to those people, like look at the people who, you know, who had had conflict with Paul. Charlotte thinks that Jasmine is the recruit again and explains what she's explained already in the episode, that she found Jasmine's vote for Paul very unexpected because apparently Jasmine had said she was going to go for jazz and so on. Jasmine defends herself. She says, well, actually, both Paul and Jazz were possibilities on my list. So it's not really that weird that I voted for Paul. Stop making a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. She turns her attention back to Charlotte. They, they have this back and forth about sort of being too defensive and getting annoyed that they're interrupting one another. Molly speaks. She says she also suspects Charlotte because of, funnily enough, the best friend comment earlier about when, when Charlotte said, oh, Charlie was my bestie. Which I thought was funny, and Molly's also saying, "Oh, I know mm-hmm. you are best friends." And but Charlotte's like, "Yeah, of course." She says, "Well, not in real life. I mean, in this game." Yeah. <laughs> Molly then turns to Jazz, and again, I, I kind of referenced this earlier. She says, "You always want to have these private, secret chats. You're really reticent to speak in front of big groups of people about your thoughts. I think that's shifty, and I think that makes you a traitor." Jazz says, well, I'm just trying to establish who I trust. And Molly, and I mean, 
yeah, maybe it is a bad idea for Jazz to to be too secretive. Mm-hmm. But but Molly starts saying, "We're a team, you know. We need to be a team, and and we've got to like work to get." And I and I thought, no, you're not really a team. <laughs> you need to look out for yourself, Molly. Like, come on. and at low she at times Molly says things where I think, oh, she's quite observant. That's really clever. She then just says other things that make me think. You're too trusting. You you really think you know who the faithful are and you love each other yeah. and you just can't bet on any of that. Well, first of all, as far as I can recall, this is the first thing Molly's ever said. But um <laughs> But I, I, I do want to say if if I were one of the other faithful, hearing Molly say that people shouldn't have private conversations and should only talk to the whole group would immediately make me think she's a traitor because who benefits the most from ensuring that everyone's thoughts are spread far and wide? Mm-hmm. That would be the traders, so that they can duck, dodge, weave, and deflect. Private conversations are bad for them because they don't have all the information about what's going on. And also, as we saw with Jazz, Harry, and Paul, private conversations can be tracked if people talk about them. Yeah. Public conversations can't be. So it's a terrible idea on multiple fronts for her. Um, I also want to take a step back to the whole Jasmine Charlotte thing, just because I have another pet peeve. (laughs) Um, And this is something I've discussed before, but Jasmine was saying Charlotte was getting really defensive after Jasmine just accused her of being a traitor. Well, yeah, of course she's going to be defensive. Uh, You know, I mean, Again, we, we've had this discussion, you know, you're a traitor. No, I'm not. Oh, I see you're being defensive. Oh, well, what were they supposed to say? You yeah, know, the, the opposite is you're a traitor. They don't say I'm not. And you go, you're not even defending yourself. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I, I did like the way Charlotte calmly pointed out the same thing, probably a lot more calmly than like if I had been in that situation, <laughs> I wouldn't be that calm. But yeah, it's just. You know, just to say, oh, you're being defensive. When, yeah, I'm literally defending myself. What did you expect? Yeah. Um, now, I just remembered that I had one more thing to say about the uh, the opposite, you know, the Molly thing, which was. If you do have private thoughts. Oh, actually, no, this isn't about the Molly thing. This is about the Jasmine thing. So I don't know if you were going to get I, I don't know if we had more to say about the whole uh, Jasmine defending herself uh, for switching her vote. I don't know if you had more to say about that. I don't have much else on it, so so take the floor. Okay, so if you have private thoughts, you need to make sure you share them with at least someone mm. so you don't end up in Jasmine's situation of having to explain, well, I, I went in saying this, but I switched it to Paul because I suspected Paul all along. I was 50-50. Because it really sounds like you're just making that up after the fact. Mm-hmm. So you at least have to tell someone kind of like jazz is, you know, jazz is telling, you know, like we said, planting those seeds. So if he does switch his vote, people won't. He'll at least be able to verify with other people. Oh, yeah. Jazz mentioned that to me. Jasmine apparently never mentioned Paul to anyone. So. Either she was completely convinced in the round table and really had never thought of Paul or she had and she just never told anyone else. And now she looks like she's making it up. Yeah. And it's also a valid 
I think it, reason to say, yeah, I I was going to vote for jazz, but then I heard what everyone was saying and it convinced me otherwise. That's why I changed. <laughs> I think that's okay. Um, yeah, it's it's you. Yeah, this idea of speaking to at least one other person, so you've got sort of an a, not an alibi, but right. a, a verification, a witness. It's you know you've got your rules of survivor. Sometimes mm -hmm. I think. Hmm, what would my rules of traitors be? Maybe that should be on my list. <laughs> I mean, people have asked me to make rules, uh, including some former players, have asked me to make rules of the traitors and do why blank lost for the traitors, mm -hmm. um, or at least, you know, mini ones for, uh, uh, you know, the like Instagram, TikTok, yeah. et cetera. Um, I haven't done that yet, mostly because specific rules are hard to come by for the traders so many of them are case specific uh so and you know quite frankly also because the ones where i do my mini y blank losts for the various international survivors i don't get a lot of viewers so it, it and it takes the most time mm -hmm. so you know it's it's uh hard to uh put the time into that yeah i guess if you had some uh rules of the traders you could have like five rules and then number six would just be and sometimes rules one to five are wrong yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. um at the round table there's another what i think is a strange moment the the attention was on jazz coming from molly and andrew weirdly defends jazz and says now well i, I think actually jazz is a faithful i truly don't understand this because mm -hmm. andrew and jazz have had a bit of beef so i i don't know what the I don't know what his plan is. I don't know if he has a plan. I don't know if he's just kind of deciding that actually jazz is good to have on side because jazz is quite clever. So maybe you should build trust with him. I, That's I, what I'm thinking, because if he defends jazz, then jazz is less likely to come after him again. Yeah, that's my, my only conclusion. It, they're just, it was funny that there was no interview clip of Andrew right. explaining that to us. So it's, it, they it probably had one, but they had one, but nobody could understand what he said. So they just <laughs> didn't include it. That's that's it, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew. Uh, oh, I've just already said that. Zach returns attention to Jasmine at this point, and I've said this before, right? And and again, I am judging him as a character on TV. I don't mm -hmm. know Zach. I'm sure he's a nice man. I, on this TV show and in this edited version, this portrayal of Zach, find him so unbelievably annoying. He's, <laughs> he's, he's so relentless. He he cannot drop things. I understand they all want to bring up theories and point right. out observations. Most of them point out something and then the conversation moves on. Zach does not stop. He can't drop things. And the most infuriating thing of all, he cannot let anyone finish a sentence. It, it's infuriating, and I'll control myself from saying more bad things. <laughs> it's, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes when he doesn't drop things, he ends up being right. Like the whole, uh, you know, Paul in the dungeon thing, you know, and it only takes one or two of those to happen before he's like, every one of my conspiracy theories is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, but annoying nonetheless it's time for the votes then here we go charlotte begins pretty obvious who she's going to vote for it's jasmine yes. again she thinks that jasmine is a recruit 
jazz votes and he votes for Charlotte. And I think he so doesn't believe Charlotte is a traitor. He just can't vote for Harry yet. So he's, right. he's, right. he's playing the, the numbers game. He's going with the majority, mm-hmm. which is smart. Harry's next votes for Charlotte. I noticed at this point, Harry has had nothing in the edit of the round table. We've not heard him say a single word. Mm, yeah. So I, I know he may well have said lots and they've cut it out, but I get the impression he's maybe cl- cleverly or not cleverly. He's returned to, oh, you know, last week I was really vocal about Paul. Maybe I should take a step back and just mm-hmm. recede a little bit. Zach votes. Well, for because Jack. especially later, or maybe it's right right about when he makes his vote. He whispers yeah. uh, to Zach something about, yeah, I'm just not sure about this one. Yeah. He likes to keep it so when he's truly not sure or when he knows, I mean, he's never not sure. When he knows the outcome is going to be a faithful, he says, I- I'm just not sure about it. But when it's going to be a traitor, who he, of course, knows, he says, oh, I, I definitely have a feeling about this. I feel the same as I did before. This yeah. is really it. So it allows him to only take a stand when he knows he's going to be right. Yeah, yeah. Zach is up next and he votes for Jasmine and rambles again about something that makes me angry. Molly <laughs> votes for Jazz, And from here on in, Andrew, Jasmine, Ross and Evie all vote for Charlotte. Mm-hmm. It's such a different atmosphere to the previous night. You know, like Paul's banishment was so intense um, yes. and incredibly exciting and he didn't know what was going to happen. It's and, and they have that wild reaction, of course. It, Charlotte's banishment just feels a bit sad. <laughs> um, and I've said this before, I could not... Charlotte takes it very well. She's very calm and smiles mm. and has a nice little speech. I could not handle being a faithful and being voted out. I would be screaming and swearing <laughs> at everyone. Production would have to be like, Matthew, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'd be so mad. I'd be so pissed off. And this is the moment where, yes, Harry psychically whispers to Zach, don't know about this one. Yeah. Charlotte says that she's never felt so validated. I thought, really? They all just called you a traitor? (laughs) She says, I love all of you. You included. Points to Jasmine. I Mm. think Jasmine is not really ready for that. Yeah. And she says she feels like she's been collateral damage to Paul and reveals that she is actually a faithful. And thus... Thus, the traitor's plan worked. I mean, they yeah. actually had a plan, throw suspicion on Charlotte, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. Off she goes. Claudia gives her this fake praise. It's a, she, Claudia does this a lot. She goes, you've just lost a really brilliant faithful. She really could have helped you. And I thought, she just voted for Jasmine. Like, she's not that great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get a debrief after round table. Zach is still talking to Jasmine about why she voted for Paul last time. Like, Zach, move on. They they talk. He interrupts her again about 20 times. Evie, Harry, Andrew, and Ross are talking all about the idea of recruits. Evie suggests to Harry that he might end up looking like Paul. She says, you know, you mm-hmm. voted out traitors every time. That might be quite convenient. But Andrew seems to deflect things here. He he butts yes. in and starts talking about oh Jasmine again about Jasmine being very defensive at the table. So I think Andrew's trying to protect Harry there, unless I guess it's the again powerful editing. Maybe Evie said nothing else about it and nobody cared. 
I think, I mean, I agree with you. My, you know, my notes basically say the same thing, you know, that, you know, as Harry was talking, first of all, you know, I don't know why he said this because he's like, yeah, Paul was, you know, twice been successful in getting other traders out and explaining through it. And I'm just thinking, even before Evie said anything, I'm thinking, shut up, man. You should not be bringing this up because it's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. And yes. so, you know, thank you, Evie, for being my voice. <laughs> um, But unfortunately, yeah, I got deflected away there. Yeah. Evie, and I think, I can't remember if I said this to you before we recorded, Evie, I think is very, very clever in terms of finding traitors if if you look back at her voting record she was voting for ash for the for since week one she voted for ash every time until ash was gone she also voted for paul and miles i think maybe i may be wrong but she generally gets it right and she's she notices things like she was suspicious about paul before most other people were mm -hmm. she's mentioned a couple of times now that harry could be a traitor and no one else apart from jazz thinks that it's it's just funny she's just so quiet that she's made it all this way she i, I would have thought she might have been murdered by now again because she's quiet and people probably think she's faithful mm -hmm. so i i wonder is she is she going to be murdered within two episodes or is she going all the way to the final i i you know she's not a she's not a loud character that gets lots of screen time, but she does seem to be quite clever when she does get screen time. Uh, Bro yeah, I mean, you know, like there was on the 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 you know the traders online quiz, uh, you know, the question of who got the most, uh, you know, trader votes right. I totally forgot about Evie and that that you know. Uh, spoiler for anyone who hasn't gotten that yet and wants to get a free hundred <laughs> points. That's the answer there. Um, but also, and I, I think I'm I'm trying to find it now, and you can see I'm actually looking on my phone here. Yes. Um, that I believe that I have her predicted to go to the end. And I know I've used this lie on you once already, so it would be pretty <laughs> funny to do it again. Um Let's see here. Oh, I have to wait for the little circle to to go around here because I can't figure out how to. Uh... Oh, wait, no, I can scroll down. Uh, Evie, yes, I I well, I have her predicted to get murdered and also to make it to the end because <laughs> sometimes you just got to hedge your bets. Yeah. Uh, but I think I've had her predicted to go to the end for uh, a while now because I I only made one change in all of it, and it it wasn't Tracy like I had lied about before. So, <laughs> yeah, I uh, I guess I I'll take the chance to do the same thing. I'll look at my I've changed my predictions at these points, but my predictions on the game are to get to the end. I I now have Andrew, Harry, and Molly, and I think I'm thinking that because. Well, I think because Harry and Molly are so close mm -hmm. to one another, I reckon if if Harry makes it, he'll keep Molly with him because he thinks she's mm -hmm. never going to turn on me. So that that's my prediction for who's surviving all the way. Yeah, I have, I, I, and, and like I said, I've had Ross and Evie for a long time, and I added Harry when I think someone else uh, got murdered or banished. Yeah, I think if you switch, don't you lose points in the game if you, you change? You do. Uh, but um, I 
just do it anyway. I yeah. think I'd rather be right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah, I, I had Ross even before what we're about to discuss happened. Yeah. Um, so next uh, there's a, there's a brief moment of Ross theorizing mm -hmm. about Jasmine and being completely wrong as per usual. I think Ross is almost, he, he has voted out one or two traitors, but usually Ross just is so wrong. Um, <laughs> now, Andrew asks Jazz about why he's so vocal about Ross being a recruit. Jazz explains his theory again, basically that Ross and Paul were very close. So he thinks mm -hmm. Paul would have recruited his pal. And he says that Ross and Harry are on his trader. Okay, he doesn't say trader. He says radar. Yeah. But I want him to say that. But he should uh, have said trader. He yes. should have. Someone, someone needs to bring that phrase into the UK. They've used yes. it in Australia and Canada, and the UK people catch up. So Molly has this little moment with Harry. She tells him, you know, you need to tell everyone tomorrow about the shield. We'll see if he does or not. I, I mean, mm -hmm. well, he probably will because of the plan. Yeah, he had planned to anyway, so. Yeah. Claudia then speaks to us, and she tells us that the traitors can seduce or murder again uh and i don't really know why well anytime they're at two they have that choice yeah i've seen some chatted about this online ivan who was a contestant series one and is really a, a game mm -hmm. player and a strategist he and tweets a lot about the show he's really adamant that this is a bad idea and that's a whole other giant conversation. oh i I totally agree that it's a bad idea. Well, I don't know whether or it was a bad idea. Unfair idea, I should say. Yes, I agree on both counts. Uh, I think that it, it, I think it's too late in the game for that from a production standpoint. We, you know, we've had that discussion before, so I don't want to rehash the whole thing. But I think two traders going into the final three episodes is just fine. Yeah. But I think from a production standpoint, they're just worried. You know, they're like, oh, what if what if they get both banished right in a row and then we have to, you know, uh, uh, do something. And it's like, yeah, who cares? Who cares? Let the faithful fight it out at the end. If they are so good that they nail these two in the next two banishments. Good for them. Let them continue to argue it out and they'll go to the to the fire pit and and figure out whether there are any more traders left. I, I think it's a terrible idea. Uh, from production, but they don't seem to be listening to me. So I'm very torn in this because, on one hand, I do think it's unfair and it's part of the game being weighed against faithful mm -hmm. way too much. No, that was no pun intended with the word way. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, I understand as, and, and, you know, I even on X Twitter was saying, right. What you just said, he said there absolutely should be a scenario in which we end up with a final episode and it's all faithful. But I understand from a production side that A, that's probably not actually that exciting. It, it might be like titillating to see faithful. Haha, mm -hmm. they voted each other out. But the show, we said this before, the show is called The Traitors. It's right. weird to get to the final episode and actually there aren't any traitors. Moreover, though, I just wonder if it's un actually it's unfair the other way. I think it's maybe unfair or unethical to to you're actually lying to the faithful. And if you make them do a banishment and you say, hey, you're all going to vote. But actually, you know, 
there are no traitors, that's not fair to not tell them that, that they've got rid of all the traitors by now. I, I feel like forcing them to get rid of one of their own with no option isn't also, is also unfair. Yeah, but they would have to get bang on. They would have to knock out Harry and Andrew in a row. Yeah. So that there's no traitors at the next, at the final round table. At the fire pit of truth, I have no problem because that's the whole yeah. point. They're yeah, voting yeah. on it. Yeah, fire and, of truth is fine. Or fire yeah. pit or whatever the hell it's called. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> um well I, all we doom. know is it's always of truth. Um but I mean if it's that if you're that worried about it, then wait one more and do what they did in the US yeah. show and do a, a, a what is it, a blackmail? Is that what yeah. it's called? Yeah. They did it in force them as well. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. So get it, you know, I, I just I, I think it's a bad idea to to bring them in this late and you know especially when claudia bangs on about you have to do a good job faithful you have to do a good job and all you do when they do a good job is you replace the the traitor yeah it's like you i mean and i know i talked about this at the very beginning of uh you know each season i i talk about how the hosts always say this and it's not it's counterproductive to the actual gameplay but you know pick a lane if yeah. you want them to get the traders, then stop replacing all the traders every single time. Yeah. I now I sound like Jasmine because I'm going to say I actually have changed my mind at the last minute. But ah. <laughs> yeah, you've, sure. you've you've convinced me that yes, they should they should just allow the traitor to get down to one. And if it really becomes a problem, mm-hmm. then at the penultimate episode or this second right. third third let make them get another one. But Two traitors at this point don't need another traitor. That that right. is too unbalanced. I also made a note at this point, again, believe me or not, that I I when Claudia says the traitors can seduce or murder again, I thought I predicted they'll recruit Ross now. And the reason I thought that is because of Jazz is because Jazz keeps going on about Ross being a recruit. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, they'll recruit Ross. And then lean into Jazz's theory and just turn on Ross and get him out and be like, mm-hmm. Jazz, you were right. Oh my God. So we cut to Traitor's Tower. Andrew doesn't see the benefit of recruitment because I think Andrew still doesn't understand this game. Right. <laughs> like, Andrew, <laughs> this is going to give you an amazing chance to win. Yeah. Harry reveals that he actually has the shield and cleverly explains his plan that they could recruit tonight Tomorrow morning at breakfast, he'll show everyone the shield and say, oh, it was me. They tried to murder me like we all thought because I'm so good at traitor hunting. <laughs> ha ha. So when everybody arrives, they will not think there has been a recruitment. Unless, I, I, I think unless Harry completely screws things up in the next three episodes, I've said this since mm-hmm. way back, I think he, I still think Harry's going to win. Um. Yeah, unless he gets too too cocky and people really do cleverly pick up on how articulate he's been about the traitors along the way. But I I don't know. I'm going with Harry. Yeah, I'll uh let me see here. I well, I have thoughts on that, but we'll 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 uh we'll wait on that. But yeah. I 
you know, when Harry laid out the plan to Andrew, he talked about getting to a three traitors versus three faithful situation. I don't believe that will happen. <laughs> no, because that assumes all three traitors will stick together, which they won't. Even before they decide on who they're going to do, you're never going to have three traitors who are that loyal to each other. I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. And. So I thought he was going to recruit someone like Jasmine to have her immediately banished and take some heat off of them. Um, you know, but then in later part of the discussion, they did bring up that Ross could be sacrificed later, mm. which goes against Harry's plan of three on three. So they he seems to have two plans kind of going in parallel here and they don't work well with each other. Yeah. My although so my my. My A prediction is Harry wins. My B mm. prediction is now, and I'm not spoiling anything, right? We mm. find out in five minutes. My B prediction is that Ross is going to emerge as the winner because yes. because of the whole storyline we've been built up about mm -hmm. the secret mum in the show and he's going to avenge her. And that probably will make... I don't know for me for most viewers brilliant tv and most yes. viewers will love that and be like hey i've already seen it all over social media ross is going to avenge diane yeah mm -hmm. so i don't really care about that but yeah. <laughs> i'd kind of actually rather see harry just have been amazing all the way through and, and win mm -hmm. but what we'll see so they discuss their options for recruitment and yes they do talk about jasmine she's probably going to get herself banished so let's just recruiter and backstabber yeah. then they talk about ross and they yeah harry on one hand wants to have have a team of three traitors get to the end on the other hand he says ross might eventually take some heat and we could turn on him i, I don't know if he's just trying to play andrew and lie about his plans mm -hmm. i'm not sure and i thought there would be a cliffhanger here i thought we'd end with you know we'll have to wait till next week to find out but actually we go on we're we're told right. we're going to go for ross which i was surprised at claudia arrives for this fantastic moment that is again all over social media mm -hmm. i really cackled at this she asks who they're seducing they say ross claudia says oh another man it's like the olden days yeah <laughs> which is they've all yeah they've only had like one uh woman yeah later. Uh, and they, they're like, oh, oh no, no, um, you don't understand. But it, it really made me laugh. She takes the letter to Ross. He reads it out. And it, this was really a funny moment for me as well, actually. he said The letter says, we wish to recruit you because you're trustworthy, smart, and strategic. Mm -hmm. And Ross says, clearly they don't know me very well. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, hey, at least he recognizes he's wrong yeah. in the game. It would have been worse if he'd gone, yeah, I'm smart and strategic, <laughs> but he's quite humble, and that made me really like him, actually. Uh, he says, I do not want this, and he thinks that he should say no at first, but then he says, no, my mum my would be looking down and saying, go for it. And he also doesn't want to get murdered by rejecting right. it. Right. So he finishes by saying, yeah, go on then, I'll join them, why not, eh? And he wants to really know who murdered, just out of curiosity, who murdered my mom. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I said earlier, or earlier in the podcast that Ross being recruited was a hilarious idea to me because, of course, Harry was one of the traitors who murdered his mother. Yeah. So Ross bringing that up in his decision making made me laugh. And, you know, then we move to the rest of the discussion when he shows up there. 
Yeah. So Ross arrives at Traitor's Tower. We get his reaction. He's totally shocked that Harry and Andrew are the traitors. Again, Harry does this thing where he brags about taking out all three traitors, which may not be wise. Straight away, <laughs> Harry. And Ross even makes a joke and says, hey, don't do that to us. Harry reveals the shield, explains his plan. And Ross wants to know about why they murdered Diane. He obviously Just can't, a, he can't a see why. A completely innocent question. <laughs> yeah. I do wonder, though. So he does ask. He, he says, hey, mm. uh, why did you murder uh, Diane? I wonder, though, if this is just again editing maybe oh absolutely four yeah people and eventually said diane but they just show us that yeah i mean that's yeah that's the note that i took i'm sure he went through the whole list yeah. and then went to and what about diane you know and and uh but that's the only one that you know they know we care about yeah. so unless yeah, ross yeah. really is just an idiot <laughs> yes and it, and it is the first thing he asked yeah i don't, I don't think so no no uh, Harry's reason for murdering Diane is that she was getting too brave and we put her in her place. So yes. Ross is furious. He wants revenge. I, I, who knows if he will. We don't know if he's going to get it. And the episode ends right there. Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, this whole idea of the three of them versus the three faithfuls or Harry and Andrew dumping Ross. I just don't think it's going to work out that way now. Uh, I think he's going to find a way. So I I I mentioned I have you know a few thoughts. I, I could truly see Ross avenging Diane and winning the game. I've been saying Harry for a while now. I'm having second thoughts just based on that. And Harry was shown being almost as cocky as Paul was shown. Yeah. Now he's cocky to the other traders, not anywhere else, you know, and, but yeah, he was almost gleeful in explaining the things that he had done. He is really just getting into it or, well, he's been into it for a long time. He's, he's enjoying himself. Yeah. I even wonder if Andrew and Ross together will turn on Harry They'd have to do an awful lot of networking and convincing mm -hmm. other people, but and I don't know if they are good enough for that. We'll see. Of course, we're, we're jumping away ahead several episodes, but if we end up with a situation of two traitors making it to the end, mm -hmm. I'm assuming we, we play this split or steal, share or steal game, um, which oh, yeah, be interesting. I don't, I'm not sure. I mean, I could see both of them actually sharing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I could. If it's Andrew and Ross, I could see them uh, sharing. Yeah, that would um, be that would be a fascinating end to the series, right. actually. But I can't. Right, I'm. I can't do spoilers. I'm. This may or may not have happened in other series. Who knows? <laughs> I'll yes. No yes. Um. Yeah, and, and speaking of Andrew, I do want to say i thought it was a bad idea to recruit andrew because you know he was faithful tr through and through when it happened but I, I think you mentioned you know he's 
he has switched mindsets somewhat. And I've been impressed by his ability to do it while even enjoying being a trader. So, yeah, being being the villain is fun. <laughs> and and this is why in your poll, I voted for stay traitorous as the new closing line, you know, because uh, it's well, funny. because it. <laughs> Yeah. One of one of uh, I think it was your episode seven podcast. You were talking about how you like you know, you wanted to root for the faithful and, you know, you knew it's a game, but, you know, it's still the traitors and stuff like that. And I was thinking, see, this is this is why it works when I'm on here, because I'm always rooting for the <laughs> villains. You know, I'm like, no, get him, get him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Andrew, what's funny about Andrew as well is that he did have a lot of heat on him at, at one point over a couple of roundtables, and that seems to have totally dissipated. So he's doing well at just sort of staying back and, mm -hmm. and something's going right. Up next then is my chance to talk a little bit about the official BBC podcast. This is Uncloaked Unwrapped. I am going to recap what happened in the visual podcast with the traitors in about 60 seconds. Here we go. The guests are Jordan North and Tanya Moore, who are these people. After Charlotte's banishment clip, Ed says the players are back on a losing streak. That's not what a streak is, Ed. You need more than one of something to have a streak. Tanya suggests that Charlotte wasn't even the running to be banished before the round table. And I wonder if actually she we just watched the same episode because that's just not true. We get the reveal. Charlie, Charlie and Charlotte reunite and just generally bestow love upon one another. They find out about the traitors. When it's Harry, Charlotte is dumbfounded. Charlie even acknowledges that he always knew too much. They guess Andrew before it's revealed and even figure out that Andrew was recruited to then be sacrificed. Why didn't they say this in the show? Charlotte and Charlie are in the studio. Charlotte says the word convoluted is sexy as if she's never heard this word before. Weird. They recap a mission from episodes ago that no one cares about. They talk about Charlie and Evie looking like the same person which is quite fun. Ed signs off again with my stolen old catchphrase while pointing at the camera and I swear he is pointing directly at my heart. <laughs> Um, I will also, well, firstly, David, did you see this unquote? No, no, I did not have time to watch. It didn't, uh, it didn't make it to my official, very official <laughs> way of, uh, seeing these videos, uh, yeah. by the time in time for the, me to, you know, watch it before this podcast. And now having heard your recap of it, I probably will never watch it because it just does not seem worthwhile. Yeah. Watch the watch the reveal of the traitors on X, and yeah. that's the fun bit. Of course, yes, David actually private jets to the UK to watch this on yes. BBC every yes. week. I, I'll add in here that I may or may not be doing uncloaked, unwrapped for the remaining three episodes. A because what is there to say really, and B I'm going to be traveling a lot next week and doing this whole podcast process. During a very busy week, I'll be away from home and, and various places, so I just can't really devote the extra time to watching Uncloaked until I master the art of time manipulation. So mm -hmm. it may not come back to this for now. Oh, it'll be such a loss to not not know what these wonderful <laughs> hosts and guests always have to say. It's just so intelligent and insightful. Um, you know, they've always got the best people there. 
Yes, but also BBC, if you're listening to this, I would like a job. So it's David said all those bad things and not me. No, I said good things. I, I said good. <laughs> I no only sarcasm. said good things. Yeah, there was. Yeah, if if someone types it out in a transcript, it will look like very good things. <laughs> and they say Americans don't do sarcasm. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know who says that. <laughs> Just annoyed British people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Doesn't that isn't that every British person? Um, <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> uh, before we get to our conclusion of our deception game, the Trader Traitor, David, tell us all about where we can find you online. Well, you can find all my various accounts through my link tree at linktree slash David Bloomberg with a dot before the ee in the URL of Linktree, or you can find me on most. Text-based social media like Twitter and Blue Sky is at David Bloomberg. And on the video platforms, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram is at David Bloomberg TV. Uh, because Threads is connected to Instagram, I'm at David Bloomberg TV there as well. I'm also on Cameo now, so if you want to have me talk reality TV to someone you know, you could find me there as well uh, for a very low price since I'm not exactly a celebrity to most people. <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention that, that on back. the U.S. one. <laughs> um, most people, most people. Uh, speaking of the TikTok, uh, though, I've uh, been recently posting at least two reality TV short videos on those sites every day, up from one a week or one a day, you know, last week. And lately, uh, they've mostly been from the Traders UK, the Traders US, uh, the Trust on Netflix, and some Survivor flashback videos from older seasons as well. Excellent. Now, I will tell you all about where you can find the podcast online, but before we do that, David and I are going to conclude our game the Trader Traitor. Ooh. Ah. We've been attempting to fool each other and lie. Have we done it? I I definitely lied to you, David. Mm -hmm. I actually, I should, maybe I should admit this. I lied twice because I foolish, sometimes I put two lies in my notes in case I don't get to the first, the first one doesn't work. Mm -hmm. I then just actually read both of them and then thought, God, why did I do that? I'm just giving him like twice the opportunity to catch me. Yeah. So you've got two to pick from. Uh, did okay. you lie to me? I did. Hmm. Okay. Well, only one. <laughs> okay. Unless that's your lie. Um, yeah. Do you have any guesses about what I lied to you about? So the one thing that stood out to me and this could be absolutely true, but this this thing you mentioned about some breakfast show and some former players being on it, that easily could have been a lie. You know that there's no way I'm going to know <laughs> about some breakfast show in the UK because I my, when my private jet gets there, I don't have time <laughs> to watch breakfast shows. Uh, so I'm going to go with that. That was not my lie. Oh, Yay! damn it. Uh, uh, the only other thing I was thinking uh, was you mentioned something about Ivan posting on Twitter uh, something about the, uh, um, you know, the production. And I agreed completely with it. And I kind of felt like, would I have seen that? Would I have missed it? But since I don't follow Ivan, I don't remember who Ivan is. Um, yes. Sorry. Uh you know, I was like, eh, that could have easily been it, too. Uh, that was also not my lie. Oh, Hooray. wow. 
I'll show you. I don't know if this will work. This is Ivan. Uh, he was uh, on season. Oh, okay. One. Yeah. He, he's yeah. Hair's tied up there, but he's sort of mm-hmm. longish hair. Uh, he was he had a he had an epic. Uh, ba- he was banished as a faithful and had this epic speech. Okay. About he used this running metaphor of magic and illusion because Tom the magician was there and he said, oh, this yes. is the prestige. So, and no, and no one has had a, any really great speeches at mm-hmm. management this series, I don't think. Uh, so I'll have to tell you what my two lies were. The I the breakfast thing, I, I didn't watch that on TV, but it was on YouTube, came up as I suggested. Okay. So um, Amanda and Hannah and Maddie were on this morning talking all about the new series of The Traitors and the yeah, yes, mm-hmm. made fun of the breakfast. And I mentioned that because I thought you might think it was a lie. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah you're learning from I've me. Learned I think. Tri- yes. I've learned your tricks. <laughs> <laughs> My two lies were that uh, I talked about Claudia wearing a big chunky scarf. And I said she was also wearing leg warmers. And she wasn't. That was a lie. Uh, I never know what Claudia's <laughs> wearing. I mean, unless it's like, unless it, yeah. The hosts, I mean, Alan, I noticed more, but yeah, I okay. So you got me on that one. Yeah. Uh, later on, I was talking about where people were in the house at different times, and I mm-hmm. talked about people in the kitchen, people in the billiard room. And I said that Harry was talking to Zach and Jazz in the library, and they were not in the library. They were in a different room. I think uh, I, still the billiard it, room. In my notes, I had that Harry was talking to zach and jazz i did not write down <laughs> where they were so i you know okay uh feel i've i've filled you i feel good now i'm probably about to feel bad again because i'm not yeah, gonna get yours let's hope uh, i wrote down two things okay one of them <laughs> i just wrote ross i don't even yeah. know what that means <laughs> just wrote the word so you said something about ross at some point that made me think it was a lie so who knows i don't know i don't know what you said about ross so maybe it was when you said you predicted that ross was i don't i don't know i'll go with my second guess um and it's you, you said that now you're on cameo and i thought maybe that was the lie he's not on cameo but you maybe are because you're very famous and well known David, what was your lie? Damn it, you got me. Um, I thought I'd throw that in there, but <laughs> what I didn't consider when I when I wrote this, so I'd had that as a possible lie to use for a while because I could throw it in at the end if nothing else came up. But what I didn't consider was we had just recorded another podcast <laughs> and I didn't mention it then. And so it would seem very odd to you. Why would David mention it in one podcast <laughs> and not in both podcasts? And so, yes, it is true. I'm sorry, anyone who was going to look me up on Cameo. <laughs> I am not there. Uh, it would be fun. And there's like one or two other uh, podcasters on there. A former Survivor player was supposed to work on it with a rep from Cameo like a couple years ago, and then that rep left, and it it ended up not going anywhere. But yes, uh, you did you did catch it. And when I was saying it, I didn't see you writing anything down, so I was like, oh, I think I got it past him. But no, I did not. <laughs> I this is this is the this is the first in a very long time where a. I don't get caught, and B, I actually guess the other lie. Yes. I've been doing so bad like this. As Ed Gamble would say, I'm on a streak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because when you do something one time, it's a streak, apparently. Yes. 
Um, so uh, to wrap up a few things, uh, I'll do a wee reminder of the mini competition on the BBC website. I, I don't think the, the running order has changed much since I last mentioned this. In first place at this moment in time is Kevin McStrav with 1,550 points. And I'm 50 points behind. I have 1,500 in second place. And a kind of a joint second place. Uh, Rachel is also in third with 1,500. And then there's not much difference. David, you're, you're on 1,300 yeah. in second place. There's, you know, we've still got three episodes to go. I know. I'm I'm still mad that I somehow blew the the Diane one. I I don't <laughs> I I don't know what happened there. I you know that that I missed that and then missed the uh, bonus question uh, this week. Yeah. But yeah, that was. Uh, the game I, I'm is mad also, at myself. It's it's not designed perfectly, so listeners, you may have no. It is I definitely spoke about not. This on X with someone uh, in the episode where no one was murdered. There was no option to guess that no one would be murdered, and I just didn't put any predictions in that it sort of yeah. penalized for me for it, I think. So that's well, it, I mean, it's, yeah, it said the same thing to me. It's like, no, you were wrong because no one was murdered. And I'm like, well, that wasn't one of the options. So how could I be wrong? <laughs> yeah. Um, not, not that it's, we're competitive or better, but. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like someone posted recently uh, something on Facebook. And you'll know that this is not a lie because we're past that point. Someone posted something and it was a video and it was like, the question on the SATs that everyone got wrong and changed the face of mathematics, you know, or caused a debate. And I, the, the thing was, the reason that supposedly everyone got it wrong was they didn't have the right option. And I don't know if they have mm. SATs by you. We, we um, don't call it that, but. Okay, I, it's a I standardized through TV and movies. I know yeah. what they are. <laughs> yeah, standardized pre-college testing, and it's, like multiple choice. Mm -hmm. And so the reason nobody got it right is whoever designed the test screwed up and didn't put <laughs> the right answer in there. But that doesn't mean everybody got it wrong. It means they didn't. It means nobody got it right. So yeah. having having a a, you know, clickbait headline within your video, like the question that everyone got wrong. No, everyone didn't get it wrong. It, it, they couldn't have possibly gotten it right but that doesn't mean they got it wrong yeah maybe to get more followers on the podcast i should make some clickbait headlines bbc online competition illegal uh, yes <laughs> something like that um however speaking of followers uh thanks again to everybody who's subscribed and left reviews and all those nice things and as you may have seen on the instagram and x page and so on the podcast has reached the top 10 of Spotify's TV and film podcast chart, which I mm -hmm. found out kind of by chance this morning. So that's very, very exciting. I, of course, sent it to all my friends going, yeah, oh my yes. goodness, look, this is so cool. So uh, that's amazing. Thank you so much to everybody. And again, thanks to all the people who've donated on coffee thus far throughout the season. And if you felt like you wanted to add in a little contribution to help the podcast, keep going and help out with all the various things that I have to pay for, you could visit ko-fi.com slash Matthew Keeley. That link's in the episode description too. And you can keep up to date with the podcast on social media on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at the Tradar Podcast, on X at the Tradar Pod. And you could even email with any questions or thoughts that David and I will happily talk about on the podcast. 
And that is the Trader Podcast at gmail.com. David, until next time, which will be the next time we speak will be for the finale. Yes. So who knows what will have changed between now and then? I'm very, very excited. Um let's let's uh, well let's call it now. I, I'm probably oh now I want to predict who's gonna win. Right. I'm gonna mm-hmm. say I'm gonna I know I said Harry. I said 10 minutes ago, I was like, it's Harry. He's going to win. Just for the hell of it, I'm going to switch to what we talked about. I'm going to say Andrew and Ross are going to tie and win. See, it's very suspicious to me that you came in here saying one name <laughs> and now you're switching at the last minute to another. I think you're a traitor. I, you know, I think that's evidence. I've yeah, you're recruited. It's evidence that you are a traitor. Um, I think... I think it will be Ross by himself. Okay. Well, we'll see next time we speak. David, thanks for joining me. Until next time, keep us on your trader. Stay traitorous. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.